0: Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and we are diving into a multiverse of madness today. Um, yeah, Doctor Strange came out. I saw it. I got to sleep on it and think about it for a couple of days. And I, I mean, I was ready to talk about it as soon as I got out of the movie, but I realized I had to calm down, compose myself, so that it wasn't just spoilers. Uh, we'll get into spoilers later. First, I uh, want to say thank you. Uh, for listening and hanging out today excuse me I'm a little stopped up the dirt where I live is blowing it's I can't tell you how many days we've had of like 30 mile plus per hour wind and we haven't had rain in 10 months so everybody's allergies are horrible right now uh, and that it stinks so if I sound a weirder than usual that's what it is but anyway I also want to shout out to everybody who came to YC3, Yellow City Comic Con in Amarillo a while back, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I sat by the table, came to my podcasting panel. It was awesome meeting some of you for the first time and meeting new people. Uh, I had a blast. Uh, thank to everybody who picked up a book. Good times had by all. So anyway, you didn't come here to hear me talk about weather and allergies and things. You came to hear about Doctor Strange and... The, in the multiverse of madness. I keep calling it and the multiverse of madness, but it's actually in the multiverse of madness. So, before we get into the plot of this movie, let's talk a little bit about the behind the scenes people. Um, and even then, even if you don't want to know anything else about this movie, if you just want to know if you need to go see it or not, go see it. Like, that's, we'll explain why, but if you don't want to even know, like, some of the people who worked on it, just go, go see it, okay? If you want to know who worked on it, you know, it was directed by the great Sam Raimi, making not only his return to superhero movies, but really his return to movie movies. Because the last movie he did was almost 10 years ago when he did Oz the Great and Powerful, which, yeah, it's an okay movie. Um, you know, he did the Tobey Maguire series of Spider-Man. I call it the Raimi trilogy. Some people call it the Maguire trilogy. That's up to you. You know, I, I just, I think there are Well, the first two are definitely Sam Raimi's movies. The third one, Sony interfered a lot with. But that's a topic for another day. You know, he's known for The Evil Dead, that whole series, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Dark Man was another great superhero movie he did. The Quick and the Dead was his western, which I really loved. Uh, Just, really, the guy hasn't made any horrible movies. I mean, the Hudsucker Proxy was a lot of fun. For Love of the Game is... You know, it's sports. It's Kevin Costner in a baseball movie. So those are always good. Um, And Drag Me to Hell, you know, dude makes good movies. So it was really nice to see him come back and, you know, be back with us. He's insanely talented. And the film was written by Michael Waldron, who wrote on Community, Uh, And Rick and Morty, he also worked on Loki and the Heels show on Stars with um, Arrow, Stephen Amell, which I haven't seen, but he won for a Rick and Morty, he won an Emmy for a Rick and Morty episode. Now, with that, you know, you you see this dude's pedigree and you're like, oh, community, Rick and Morty, Loki, okay, this movie's going to be weird, fun, ha-ha. Um, no, this is a horror film, okay? It's the first time Marvel has ever put the label horror on an MCU film, and it is very, very much so. Uh, to the point where I would screen it before you show it to your kids. Like, we're going to let our oldest watch it. Uh, I don't think we're going to let our youngest watch it for a while. So that's, that's where the Sam Raimi part comes in. On screen... Well, let's just talk about some, like, you got Benedict Cumberbatch coming back as Doctor Strange, you have Elizabeth Olsen coming back as Wanda, um, and then, you know, the rest The rest of the crowd is there. You got Wong, um, played by Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams is back as Christine Palmer, and we introduce Miss Gomez as America Chavez, who is a really cool newer superhero that we're going to dive into here in, in just a minute to learn more about her. Uh, it's it's a great movie. It's short. You know, I think when they originally announced it, the runtime was like two and a half, two hours and 40 minutes, something like that. It's cut down to about two hours, but it's, it's okay. It's still really good. So uh, who is America Chavez? You know, that's the big question she's a new character and that's who everybody's wanting to know you know all your speculators have go- been going out and buying vengeance number no. one which came out in september 2011 because that was her first appearance um and since then she's been just kind of showing up everywhere you know she's part of the secret wars stuff she joined the ultimates uh ha- had her own series for a while part of Young Avengers, A-Force, West Coast Avengers, anything like that. Uh, really, really a cool character, you know, a nice little new addition. She was Marvel's first Latin American LGBTQIA plus character to star in her own ongoing series, so that that's really neat. Uh, she has so many powers, not like Silver Age Superman overpowered, but... You know, she's really strong, uh, resilient. She can kick holes in reality, which is just a cool power. Like, what do you do? I kick holes in reality. And that's how she travels through the multiverse, both in the comics and in this movie. Um, She's really fast. She's able, you know, just to do pretty much anything. She has um, little... Starburst, not the candy, but energy starbursts that come out from her hands and stuff when she punches people, so that gives her more strength. Uh, just, like I said, a really, really neat character who, who can do a whole lot, and it makes sense to put her in here for numerous reasons. One, we all have a pretty strong suspicion that we're building toward the Young Avengers, you know, with the new Hawkeye with Riri Williams coming up in Ironheart. You know, we've seen the groundwork for that. A lot of people thought WandaVision was going to introduce Hulkling and Wiccan uh, because, you know, they were in there, but, well, then they disappeared. So, but I, I still think they're building toward... Young of it, not Hulkling and Wiccan, what am I talking about, um, um Wiccan, and the, oh, what was his, uh, John Blank here, the fast one, anyway, um, you know, so, there's, there's Grey, and she does the whole multiverse thing, which obviously is in the title of the film, so, that's something to consider, but American Chavez is, is, is really cool. I recommend going to your local comic shop, picking up some back issues. Uh, I mean, they're probably a little more expensive now than they would have been, say, a year or so ago, but still worth checking out. So let's talk the movie. Um, I really okay. So if we're gonna let's try and do this without spoilers. Um, before this. To, to better understand what's going on i guess and this will help ease spoilers i guess you need to have watched loki you need to have watched wandavision and you need to watch spider-man no way home which going off ratings and box offices i'm gonna guess most of you have watched those three so what we tell if we talk about stuff in that it's not a spoiler but This deals with kind of the fallout of all of those. Um, It opens with Doctor Strange, not our Doctor Strange. He has a ponytail, you know. And if you ever want to identify somebody from a different universe, they either have a mustache or a ponytail. Well, Strange already has a mustache, so let's give him a ponytail. Him and America are running from this demon in this weird dimension trying to get to this book, and Doctor Strange... we realize real quick that the demon thing creature wants to take America's powers and Dr. Strange tries to save her ultimately realizes the only way to save the day and to save this book that, that can stop everything is to kill America and take her powers for himself. Well, then he dies and she lands in our universe. Um, that's all, like, in the first five minutes. So it start like I said, you get Doctor Strange dead real quick. And it's, it's kind of crazy. And then as the movie goes on, we see Doctor Strange struggling with happiness. That's a big theme in the movie is, you know, are you happy? What makes you happy? And to what ends will you go to be happy? And he keeps promising America. He's like, I'm not going to kill you to take your powers. I'm going to do what I can to save you. And they fight this other monster, who is not, because of copyright reasons, um, Shuman Gorath. Just because that's you know it, the the or the name is owned by some other place uh, as far as the. Uh, the rights, the copyrights and things are concerned. Here, it's Gargantos, who is a Marvel thing, but uh, it's really Shuman Gorath. which if you played Marvel versus Capcom 2? One. One yeah. of those, they were, a play- two, they were a playable character for sure. Anyway, well, while they're fighting, Strange and Wong realize that there's these runes that are enchanting, Uh, this monster, and they're like, wait, that's witchcraft. And Wong's like, hey, do you know any witches? Strange says, well, just so happens that I do. So then he goes and talks to Wanda, and the adventure really kicks off there. That's kind of, you know, like your your first act. Um, And then madness ensues. And that's really all I can say without giving spoilers away. I mean, even there, there's a little bit of spoilery stuff. But just... On that, you know, it really sets up the movie that stuff's going to be going down. You know, Doctor Strange is dying, and there's these monsters, and Wanda needs to come help, and all all sorts of stuff. So, it, it's really cool. Really cool. And that that's all I got to say about that without spoilers. Sorry. So, here's your chance to pause, go see the movie, and come back. Alright, you're back. So let's talk. Spoilers. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, this movie, as soon as he goes and talks to Wanda, because he's like, hey, can you come to come with us and try and figure out what's going on with this girl and how we can help her. And uh is where we're setting up shop. And Wanda's sitting there talking to him. and She's like, oh, you know, just bring America here and I'll protect her. And when I watched it, I was like, wait a minute. And Doctor Strange has the like, same look. And Wanda stops and she goes, you never told me her name. He's like, no, I didn't. And about that time, the whole world fades away. And it's just this barren wasteland. All oh, the trees are dead. Everything's either red or black and dying. And it's, it's insane. And the Darkhold is there, which is a book we saw her reading at the in that after credit scene um, in WandaVision. And it's kind of corrupted her. And she talks about how she wants Chavez's power so that she can go to a universe where Billy and Tommy are still alive. This is where we learn that there's infinite number of you. Like, when you dream, that is you in the life of another you in the multiverse. And so uh, that she wants to go and, and find her boys. Like, she, she misses them. She's sad that they're gone. And at one point in the movie, Strange is like, well, why do you need her powers? Just have her take you to that world. And she's like, well, what if the boys get sick? You know, no matter what they what happens to them, there's a cure in some universe for whatever happens to them. So, no, I want to, to have that. Well... Again, Stranger's like, I'm not going to let you kill the girl. So he goes back to Camarotage, and they get ready. And there's this cool scene where all these other sorcerers from all the other strongholds around come, and the ones from England have, like, really cool little costumes. They're still the the normal, like, wizard-sorcerer costumes that we see, but they're just tweaked just a little bit. It made me think a lot of, like, in Assassin's Creed, where the different generations or the different groups of assassins you know their costumes are just a little bit different and i don't know i really liked it i thought it was cool well wanda shows up and strange goes to talk to her and she's like no he's like come on come on be reasonable she's like this is me being reasonable i'm the scarlet witch and so you know that's kind of like her turn and she just lays out this all out assault on of And we see her do magic and stuff that she's done before. We see her do that. Eventually what she does is that little mind trick that we first saw in Ultron where we got all the flashes of everything and she did it in WandaVision 2. She does that to one... She manages to get through to one sorcerer and when he breaks, it breaks the old shield and she just goes on a killing spree. And, well, then they, they manage to escape. Uh, Strange and America do. And they go to this different place, um, Earth 838. And Wong stays behind and he gets captured and stuff. Um, this movie bounces back and forth a lot. Like, you'll get a couple of minutes with Wanda and Wong and then a couple of minutes with America and Strange. And it's boom 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 it's a non-stop but it's not distracting it's just you know you the the quick cuts i think kind of help add to that you don't know what's going to happen and keeping you off off kilter so they land in this place and we get a little backstory for both our characters because they have um these memory places where they'll you know they save your memories and we get to see when Christine first gave Strange the watch. Um, oh, I didn't mention it at the first because it was spoiler. But the movie, right after the the death of the Doctor Strange, uh, our Doctor Strange is at a wedding, and it's Christine's wedding. She's marrying somebody who is not him, and so you know, and she asking you know, "Are you happy?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Well. When we see these little flashback memory things, it's to the time Christine gave him that watch, that busted watch that, you know, he had in the first movie. And you can tell how much happier he is in in that uh, versus how he is now. And then when America goes through, we see she's on her home planet with her, her moms and her power kicks in and she opens a portal and her moms disappear. Um. We also learn that she's the only her in the multiverse. There's no other America Chavez. So, but there are, you know, obviously other Doctor Strangers. So they they go to talk to Earth 38 or eight three eight. Sorry, Doctor Strange. They go and he's dead. There's this big fancy statue in his honor. There, there's all this stuff, and they go in, or they're about to go in, and Mordo comes out. He's the Sorcerer Supreme in this universe, and he's like, oh, brother, I knew this day would come, you know, tell me about your universe, and Strange is like, all right, because, you know, in our universe, Mordo wants to kill him, and they go in, they're sitting around, they're having tea, hanging out, um, because that's what Sorcerer Supremes do. You know, we saw in Ragnarok, Strange gave gave Thor tea, and then switched it to beer, but I guess that's what they do. Well, the tea is drugged, and so both Steven and America pass out, wake up in these weird containment fields where neither of them, where uh, Steven has these handcuff like things on, and he can't use his powers. And he's trying to talk his way out of it, and he's talking to one of the scientists. He's like, hey, my experience, like the no name scientist, it doesn't work out well for you in the end. And then Christina walks in. She's like, "No, this is my project. Ever since you died, I've been investigating the multiverse." And she's like, "And she calls his universe the Six One Six, which I had a little problem with because the Six One Six is the main um, Marvel Comics universe, and they've designated the the MCU." as its own universe, but they you know here they just kinda threw it away because in the comics it's Earth uh one nine 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 that's a one and five nines after it so who who knows I know that's a minor thing but you know whatever uh, and she's talking about how you know Doctor Strange is always the bad guy. Like he's always trying to take all the attention for himself and everything. And that's another common. You know, we talked about being happy as a common theme, but another common theme in it is Dr. Strange always has to be the one holding the knife. That's what she says. And in this, in this universe and at the wedding, she's like, you know, I knew it wouldn't work out because you always have to be, she's like, I respect you as a surgeon, but not as a human. Cause you always have to be in charge, blah, blah. blah. And, Even at the wedding, someone was talking to him who also got blipped. It was like, you know, was this the only way? Did half the people have to die? Which got me thinking about the Internet theory that Doctor Strange only saw realities where he didn't die in the long run. And so that, you know, I I think that kind of feeds in here where he... uh, you know, he's selfish. And so, no, he's, I mean, he's willing to sacrifice everything else and anyone else to be the hero and save the day, but not, but as long as, you know, he's the hero. So when Christine's talking about that, like you just kind of reinforce that. And then this time, about this time, this mortal comes in, he's like, Hey, the Illuminati is going to see you now. He's like that. What? And he goes in and this is the part that was spoiled in that very first trailer at the super bowl. Well, I guess the first trailer was in Spider-Man, but the uh, first... well no, that was the first teaser, I guess, technically, was in Spider-Man. And the first trailer was at the Super Bowl, if we want to get technical here. But uh, we... You know, this is where we know that Patrick Stewart is going to show up. We had heard him. And he even attended the premiere, which kind of frustrated me, because y- y'all know I'm not... I don't like spoilers, you know? I, I have friends, I have family who... Read everything before they go in the movie. I like to be surprised, so I was I was a little upset that Patrick Stewart was at the premiere. But I also thought it'd be kind of cool, uh, be a boss move, right? Is that what that is? That am I using that right? Is that what the kids say? If Marvel invited like every Marvel actor ever to come to the premiere, so you know if you had uh, you know Maguire and Garfield, and then you had like Hugh Jackman. And both Tyler Maine and Leo Shriver and Ryan Reynolds and Wesley Snipes and uh, Thomas Jane, you know, if they just invited everybody, even Ed Norton, like just to jack with people, I think that would have been awesome. I would have I would have loved to seen that because then I would have been like, OK, because there's no way all of these people in this movie, right? Although Raimi has said there's like 40 minutes of deleted scenes and cameos and stuff. So when this comes out on Blu-ray, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, we'll revisit it. But anyway, so they go in there and Mordo's like, let me introduce you to the Illuminati and all these big reveals. And the first one is Captain Carter from What If. So a lot of people, I didn't mention What If in the required viewing. Yeah, it's it's required viewing. And again, I know people who are like, oh, it's cartoon. I don't want to watch it. Well, you're wrong. Just like the Oscar host this year for saying cartoons are for kids. Like, no, what if is amazing. So Captain Carter shows up, um, which, well, you know, was his oh moment, like a squee moment. And Haley, it was Haley Atwell again. So that was really cool. Then you had Black Bolt. Um, and, you know, they introduced him as King Blackagar Bolt again. And Strange made fun of his name because that's... What what he does, I guess. Uh, and it was Anton Mount again. You know, even though his new Star Trek show just debuted, he he shows up here and it says that was a, a cool little homage. Not that anybody watched Inhumans, but you know. Then you had Captain Maria Rambeau as Captain Marvel, and it was Lashana Lynch who played her in Captain Marvel. You know, in the nineties or. The modern movie, but in the 90s timeline part, like she comes back. So that was kind of cool. And then they go and he says, the smartest man on the planet, which I had my suspicions because when Christine was talking, she was like, yeah, I'm part of the Baxter Foundation. I was like, oh, and they say the smartest man on the planet, Dr. Reed Richards. And it's John Krasinski, who we, the fans, the people, the Internet, Everyone has been wanting him to play Reed Richards for years now. Like, since Fanforstick came out. So that, that like, blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, they they did that. That's so cool. And then they introduced Professor X. And I I felt, you know, knowing Professor X was going to be there, it wasn't that cool of a thing. But I think... That's good, because if I wouldn't have known he was in there, as great as it was to see John Krasinski, it's always cooler to see Patrick Stewart. So, you know, it it didn't steal from Mr. Fantastic Sunder, uh, But when Professor X rolled out, because he was in his, his yellow hover chair, they played the X-Men animated series theme song. So that was like, a, oh, my gosh, moment, too. And they're sitting there and they tell the real story about how their Doctor Strange like used the dark home and defeated Thanos and was starting to be corrupted. So they had to they had to kill him, like Black Bolt killed him. And R. Strange is like, no, hey, I'm not like that. Just we got to save this girl. Wanda's on the way. The Scarlet Witch is out of control. And they're all like, we can handle your Scarlet Witch. You just you just chill. And about that time, Wanda shows up. Uh, she does this dream walking thing where with the dark uh, home, you can inhabit other versions of you, you know, in the, in the multiverse. And they all run, run off to fight her. And before he leaves, Professor X is like, hey, well, when you get out of here, protect the girl. And Mordo is like, dude, he's not getting out of here. Yeah, I'm going to stay behind to make sure. And so Mordo stays behind. Wanda proceeds to decimate all of them. Like, just boom, 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 kills them all uh, in some pretty shocking ways, actually. And Strange realizes what's going on. He realizes he has to basically outsmart Mordo so that way he can get his handcuff thing off and get his powers back. And he you know, he starts talking trash, and then they fight, and he manages to get out. And so him and before Wanda can get to Christine in America, they break free meet up with strange and they run and then uh wanda's following them they go back to that reality that little pocket universe that we saw at the first the very first scene and get the book or they try to get the book and then wanda shows up and destroys the book and um and then strangers like well now now what do we do and they they jump again um uh, and Wanda leaves her body, and she manages to get America back in the main timeline. But, it, well, there's a lot of jump around. Well, Strange and Christine end up in this, uh, again, barren wasteland. But this one's all gray and dark and stuff. And the only person left is Doctor Strange. Well, it's the uh, Doctor Strange Supreme from What If. And so... He and R-Strange get to talking, and they fight in this really weird but kind of cool music fight. Like, they take music notes and throw them at each other, and there's all this crazy music. I mean, Danny Elfman is on music here, and it's it's Danny Elfman, so it's amazing and wonderful. And anyway, uh, R-Strange wins, and he gets the dark hold. And Christine's like, hey, you can't use that. I saw what it did to my strange. She's like, well, I, I have to to save this girl. And he ends up inhabiting his dead body that's in his his main universe, the dead body from the opening scene. And then he goes and um, he ends up like harnessing all these demons that are trying to kill him because it's against the rules of magic to inhabit a dead body. I don't know. And he goes, and him and Wong in America make short work of Scarlet Witch's uh, henchmen. There's these giant rock dudes. Uh, so, but then Wanda opens up a portal back to eight three eight, and her as like she's about to kill America, and the portal opens, and Billy and Tommy are there. And they start freaking out. They're like, Mom, Mom, who's this scary lady? And their Wanda comes out. Follow along here. Their Wanda comes out. Our Wanda throws her out of the way, like flings her across the room. And the boys get scared, start throwing stuff. You know what? We'll call the main Wanda Scarlet Witch and the 8381 Wanda for for the sake of clarity. So then they start throwing stuff at Scarlet Witch. And she's like, boys, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop, stop. And they're just screaming, they're like, no, go away, you're scary. And Scarlet Witch is like, no, I'm not a monster, I wouldn't hurt anybody. And then the camera pans, and you see Wanda on the floor, you know, bloody and battered. And you see America over here beaten, you see Strange, like, I mean, he's he's already dead, but he's even worse, like, she messed him up. And Wanda runs over and grabs her boy's... And Scarlet Witch is just having another breakdown. And she's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. And Wanda says, well, just know they will be loved. And the portal closes. And Wanda realizes, like, what she did. And that she needs to destroy the dark hole in the original, because they're at I, I didn't mention there, Mount Gore. I didn't mention it because it's nothing like Mount Gore in the comics. Like, I don't even consider it Mount Gore, but for the story's sake, it was a nice little tie-in to her comic book history. But um, So she destroys it, and America and Wong and Steven all, all leave as the thing implodes, the whole building implodes on Scarlet Witch. Now, we do see a little of red light, so maybe she's alive, I don't know. Uh, and then back at commentage, America's training to become... A sorcerer, like, learning to use her powers and magic. And ever happily ever after, Doctor Strange leaves. He realizes, you know, he may not be happy, but he's working on it. And he's got friends there. And the movie ends with him walking down the street and falling down screaming in pain and looking up. And a third eye opens. Um, that lone Doctor Strange from What If? has a third eye. And so it's like, oh, you know, is was at the dark home. The movie ends. Then we get a, a mid credit scene where this person shows up in the middle of the street and is like, ah, and it's Clea, um, played by Charlize Theron, and she's like, hey, are you ready to s- save the universe? And his third eye opens, he goes, let's do it. She opens up a portal to the, the dark world, the dark dimension, where from the first movie, uh, where he fought Dormammu, and they jump in there, and that's the end, great, now the last scene, it calls back to an earlier scene, and I didn't want to mention it, because I wanted to talk about it all at the same time, when they first get to Earth 3, or to 838, they talk about the rules of multiversal travel is, you don't know anything, and find food, and America's talking about how most universe's food is free. So she grabs these pizza pops and starts eating them. And she gets yelled at. Like, hey, pay for those. Oh, it's Bruce Campbell. You know, we've all... It's one of those, like, we all figured he was going to be in this movie. But he kept saying no. And then he posted that picture of him in Doctor Strange makeup. And so who knew? But, yeah, it's he's a, a street vendor. And he he's, you know, oh, pay, pay, pay. And Doctor Strange puts the spell on him where he's just punching himself constantly. Well, the end credit scene is he finally stops punching himself and turns to the camera and he goes, It's over. It's great, hilarious. I love now. It's a deep cut. Like, if you're not a Raimi fan, you're not gonna understand that. Uh, and I get that, you know. If you're not a Raimi fan, I don't know if you like this movie. I, I said on Facebook, on my personal Facebook, like if you're an MCU fan, go see this movie. But if you're a Raimi fan, go see this movie they let him have free reign I mean there's so many little nuances and callbacks and something it's a rainy film and it is a horror film it pushes PG-13 pretty hard there's a bunch of jump scares and just darkness and death uh, but it's it's great it's amazing I don't do scary movies but I loved this movie. You know, early reviews, early critics were like, oh, it's too short. Oh, there's not enough cameos. Oh, it's not for kids. Oh, it's not really horror, blah, blah. They're wrong. They are straight up wrong. Uh, I plan on seeing this movie again a few times in theaters because that's how much I enjoyed it. Like any of my friends want to go, I'm going to go see it with them. The The pacing is quick, like we talked about, about cutting between those scenes but I, I think that's part of the madness, you know, because you're like, wait, OK, OK. You know, it, it challenges the viewer. I will say that you have to pay attention. It's not a turn your brain off. Uh, I mean, you, I had to pee so bad, but I didn't want to miss anything because there's so many little things happening. Uh, so at the end of the movie, like I beelined it. But that that's. What this movie is, you know, you just sit there and you're like, okay, okay, okay. And not even counting all the Easter eggs. Like, I didn't even pick up on Easter eggs because I'm just excited about what's going to happen next. Um, There's some talk that it's better than No Way Home. I can't say that because No Way Home is a, like, superhero movie. This is a horror film with a superhero in it. And... I, I don't know. Like I said, I need to see it again, but it does a great job at being unlike any other Marvel film to date, which, you know, what are we, 12 years in, 13 years in? Um, but also being tied into every Marvel film to date. I mean, X, Blade was the first. X Men was the first, like, big, big blockbuster. You know, Blade made money, but so, I mean, this movie has. 22, 21 years of continuity in it and all sorts of little things, but it's still incredibly unique and incredibly amazing that, oh, it's so good. Um, So, so yeah, so go see it. It's, it's wonderful. I, I give it eight out of 10, maybe. I can't remember what I gave. No way home. Whatever I gave No Way Home, this is what I give. So either eight and a half, somewhere in that area, out of 10. Um, it's it, it's great. Don't take the little ones, but go see it. And after you do, let me know what you thought about it. Let me know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Just look for The Night Nerd. Make sure to follow my sub stack, Uh Newsletters, giveaways, all sorts of cool stuff like that. My next con appearance is going to be at Fan Expo Dallas in June. So I mean, we're still as of this recording, like five, six weeks out from that. But um, I'm not going to have a table, but I'm going to be doing panels and interviews and stuff like that. So come up. I'll be wearing the Night Nerd shirt. I'll be there with the Pop Culture Elevator guys. Come say hi. I'd uh, love to talk to you. Love to see you. But yeah, Doctor Strange. It's it's great. It's great. That's gonna do it. I'm Lance. Go see Dr. Strange. We'll talk about it, but until then, we'll see you next time.